covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Fantastic to have you once again this week as we uh, do our normal thing of looking back at the week that was, looking forward to the week that will be in Brewers Baseball. Our featured guest this week, J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter and sometimes Brewers beat writer for Journal Sentinel and JSOnline.com. He'll be coming up in just a few moments. Before we go any further, you know what time it is, housekeeping items. If you'd like to get in contact with me, best way to do so on Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And if you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast, I want to leave a ranking and review and subscribe. That's awesome. If you don't listen on Apple Podcast, if you don't want to leave a ranking and review, if you don't want to subscribe, but you're listening right now, that's awesome too. Uh, as mentioned, J.R. Radcliffe, he is our featured conversation that's going to be coming up in just a few minutes. This past week for uh, the Brewers, as we record this on Sunday night, the Brewers are back alone in first place. They have uh, bounced around between being tied, one game up, one game down. When it comes to the Cardinals, they split a four-game set against St. Louis where they went into that series tied. They won the first game, so they got one game up. Then they lost, so they were tied. Then they lost again, so they were one game back. Then they won, so they were tied. And then they take two of three from Toronto while St. Louis loses a series against the Cubs, and the Brewers find themselves one game in front of the Cardinals. And again, I... I'm going to talk about this with J.R. Radcliffe in just a few minutes. I'm still having a hard time kind of grasping who this team is. Uh, they they have days like they had on Sunday where everything kind of comes together for them offensively, but they do continue to be incredibly, incredibly inconsistent from an offensive standpoint. And maybe that's just who they are. They're just an inconsistent offensive club, and they're going to tantalize you here and there with really good offensive performances, but that's not going to turn into anything overly consistent. Instead, it's just going to uh, be something where... You never know when they might have one of those breakout days, and then the rest of the time they may be trying to scrap across runs to uh, to win by a run or two, and that just might be who they happen to be throughout uh, much of the year. But yeah, a good performance on Sunday when uh, Rowdy Telez hits a couple home runs. Yeah, there was so much focus, so much focus on that game on Sunday, on that second inning where there was a bunt single and there were stolen bases and all that happened. And I have to laugh, and not in like a mean way, because let me say this, that was a fun inning. Like, I really enjoyed watching that inning because there was action. You know, there, there's two forces going on here. Like, there's the force of how you win baseball games, and there's the force of what is a more entertaining style of baseball. And unfortunately, in the era of baseball that we're living in right now, the more entertaining style of baseball is not the type of baseball that's going to win you games. But I had to laugh a little bit on Sunday because it was a game where Rowdy Telez hits two home runs, and we've said this over and over and over. The Brewers win games when some combination of Rowdy Telez, Willie Adamas, and or Hunter Renfro are hitting home runs in games. So on Sunday, it was a two-home run day for Rowdy Telez. That's why they win. It was great. It was awesome. It was so much fun to watch the inning where, and there was a home run in that second inning as well, but all the stuff that happened before the home run with the bunt single from Peterson and the stolen bases, like that's, that is a more fun style of baseball to watch. 
That's not what leads to wins, though, unfortunately. It's home runs for most teams, for the vast majority of teams, and the Brewers certainly are included in that group. The injury situation is getting better. It is not completely void of setbacks, though. Uh, as Hunter Renfro went on the injured list on Sunday, he's been dealing with a calf issue. He's expected to probably miss uh, two weeks or so. Uh, the team is set to bring Colton Wong off the injured list. He had a rehab assignment over the weekend with the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Looks like he'll be back in the lineup on uh, Tuesday. Uh, that's going to be the same day that Brandon Woodruff officially is reactivated to the roster after he had a successful rehab assignment as well. So they're getting healthier, but sometimes it feels like two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back. It's like, have I even gone anywhere? And that's one of the things I would be worried about is that it just continues to be that way the rest of the season and that they truly never get healthy. Uh, Miguel Sanchez went on the injured list over the course of the weekend with right UCL discomfort. That's that that doesn't look good. You know, maybe it's nothing. Maybe the maybe the discomfort is just that that there's some swelling going on, and, and you give him a couple weeks off, and he's going to be back to normal. But a lot of times, you see right UCL discomfort, and the next thing you're talking about is a guy being shut down, and uh, the idea of Tommy John surgery out there. So um, th- there's reasons to continue to be worried about the injury situation. Aaron Ashby is scheduled to throw a bullpen session uh, on the off day on Monday as he comes back from a forearm issue, and you hope that he feels good because for you know I mentioned UCL. You see UCL, and you go, you know the the spidey senses start to tingle when you see UCL. Same thing with forearm. When all when there's seen when there's a forearm issue, no matter how no big deal type feeling you get that, that goes along with it, you see forearm and you go, okay, keep an eye on that. Is that gonna is that gonna turn into something? And I'm sure that's why the Brewers are being incredibly uh, careful with him. Uh, but you never know when you see forearm. You hope it's nothing, but at times it turns into something. So I don't know. It just. We're not going to see Freddie Peralta for at least another month, if not longer. There's just a lot of injuries right now with this team. But there's a lot of injuries across Major League Baseball. Uh, there's a ton of injuries across Major League Baseball. I think it's connected to the fact that this offseason, uh, players did not have access to team doctors, to team trainers, uh, to team facilities. Everything they were doing was on their own. The routine was different. And then you had the shortened spring training. Uh, I haven't looked and seen... It feels like there's more injuries this year than other years. There's injuries every year. Just it feels like it's more pronounced this year. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I should go look and uh, see the the number of transactions with players onto the injured list this year compared to uh, previous years. But if it is more, as it feels like it's more, uh, then I would certainly blame uh, the unconventional offseason where players did not have team resources as a result of the lockout. And that is, to me, that's the cost of the lockout. That's uh, Everybody thought everything was going to be fine when guys got back and I was always concerned about injuries and you you include the previous two years beyond that guys have not been in a normal routine really since pre-COVID and that's been a while that has been a long time since any sort of routine has existed for baseball players and hopefully now that there's a collective bargaining agreement now that seemingly knock on wood 
that the worst of COVID seems to be in the rearview mirror. Hopefully, moving forward, uh, we'll be able to see those the, just the normal 12-month cycle that is uh, that exists for Major League Baseball players. All right, as mentioned, uh, our featured conversation this week it is with J.R. Radcliffe. He is the trending sports reporter for the Journal Sentinel, and more specifically, uh, JSOnline.com, or just JSOnline is what they call it. Uh, but uh, he, uh, you can find him on Twitter at uh, J.R. Radcliffe. That's J-R, and then you spell Radcliffe with two Fs in case you want to spell it with one. Oh, no. J.R. Radcliffe. J-R-R-A-D-C-L-I-F-F-E. There is an E after the double F. Uh, very happy to uh, welcome him back on to the podcast. Hey, J.R., how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I am doing great. This is, uh, oh, man, the weather's so good right now, Matt. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a good time to be uh, outside watching baseball, thinking about baseball. It's been It's been a great weekend. So I got to be honest with you here. I have been saying the exact same thing since the first week of the season, and that's that I don't know who this team is. And I, I <laughs> like generally by this time, of the, you get like a third into the season, and a team has an identity, and then you know it's that period until the trade deadline that you kind of see, you know, you know where you need to try to improve yourself. I just with the injuries and everything else that's going on, and playing all these games against bad teams and winning, and then you know they had a nice weekend against Toronto, but for the most part they've struggled against some better teams. Like I just, I just don't know who this team is. So I say all that to say, do you? Absolutely not. I well, that's actually kind of. I kind of feel like I do, but it's not going to be an answer people want. Uh, it's they they are they are a team that's going to barely win games, and and I mean they'll win a lot of them because they have such great run prevention. Still, even with the defense not being that good as as it was in past years, uh, with with the pitching they have, hopefully getting Brandon Woodruff back will be part of that. With the bullpen they have, they're going to win a lot of one run, two run, three run games. They're going to at the same time, you know, like have to scratch and claw for everything on offense. And that's, you know, not very satisfactory, but like we've seen enough of this team. They're, they're not going to suddenly be a consistent, I, I mean, baseball is baseball. They, they could suddenly rattle off, you know, nine, 10 wins in a row and just pound the ball. But we have no evidence of that. This is a team that is going to scratch and claw and they'll have days like they did Sunday where they score 10 runs and, and eight of them in the first two innings. That, that It's going to happen because it happens for every baseball team. But bet you any money, they go right back to, barely getting any across when they get to Tampa Bay. They might win games though. You know, Brandon Woodruff will be pitching. Maybe, maybe they squeak one out, but they're just, they're just a mediocre offensive team relying on guys who are good, but not great hitters, uh, kind of up and down the lineup. Everybody can contribute a little bit, but no one's going to contribute a ton. And, uh, and they're going to have to try to get by. I wonder if, you know, I look at last year's Atlanta Braves and how they just completely reinvented themselves at the trade deadline. They basically just brought in a new outfield and then that those guys were so crucial. I don't think that's what's going to happen in Milwaukee, but it would just not surprise me if the guys that they add at the trade deadline are as they're not. They, I don't think they can just improve around the edges. I think they've got to get real impact two bats uh, at the very least. I don't know if that's doable, but I wonder if those guys wind up being the guys that we remember at the end of the 2022 season because uh, they they need they need difference makers. They're they're not a shoe in for the playoffs. They're not a shoe in anymore to get to the postseason. So they've, they've got to get some offensive difference makers or they're just going to be like surviving three, two games, four, three games to, to get to the postseason. That's a very risky recipe. It can be done, but it's very risky. Okay. So I, I basically agree with what you just said, but in one of the problems I'm having is how do you, how do you do what you just did, said like in practice? Because 
you like where do you where do you go to improve? Christian Yelich isn't going anywhere, and he's going to be in left field. I don't think Hunter Hunter Renfro, when healthy, he's been one of your best run producers. Yeah, admittedly, center fielder is center field's definitely. If there's one spot that you can improve upon, you would think it is center field. Uh, but at the same time, Tyrone Taylor at times has been the most consistent offensive player during periods for this club. Are you going to move on from Rowdy Telez? Are you going to move on from Colton Wong? Are you going to move on from Willie Adamas? Are you going to move on from Luis Urias? You know, some of those guys are under club control, and it wouldn't make sense fiscally to 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 move on from them. Like I. I, I don't disagree what you're saying, that this team needs more impact bats, but I also kind of have a hard time seeing how they're going to do that in practice. Yeah, that's fair. I, I You said center field. That's the obvious one, no, no doubt about it. I think third base is a pretty obvious one, too. Jace Peterson is really a nice player. I, I, I can't say anything bad about him. I keep thinking... Uh, he's basically outperforming what what I would expect from him time and time again, but he's still not an impact third baseman. He is still one of those guys that you have in the lineup as a depth piece or or a platoon guy or whatever. And Luis Arias is just he's just struggled this year. He's been he's you know he he was behind the eight ball coming in with an injury to start the year. Uh, he's still a guy that I think you picture in the long term, but but he doesn't have to be the guy you rely on. He doesn't have to start for this team. If, if they want to upgrade, they can do that. They can do it at second base and, and they can do it at third base. And yeah, maybe that means Colton Wong isn't, you know, maybe that means he's not playing as much. I don't know. I don't have like an exact, you know, the way that the Rubik's Cube comes together because I, I, I mean, I, I don't think when the Brewers have brought in guys, that's they've necessarily had that plan anyway. You know, when, when they brought in Mike Moustakis and already had guys playing his position, you know, they, they find a way to figure this out. The Braves last year had outfielders. They had guys who could play those spots. And then they brought in a whole bunch of them. And it's like, well, who's who's going to start? And they figured it out. And, and you know, the, the cream rose to the top. I, I, I As far, you know, like I think Rowdy Telez is pretty cemented as, as like your primary first baseman. But he's not, you know, there are there are a handful of, of better options out there. I don't know if the Brewers are going to be able to get a guy like that. I, I think Rowdy's pretty much a guy you're going to rely on the rest of the year. But uh, but there, there are opportunities here. And, I mean, the, the big one, the white whale, of course, is – Christian Yelts is just a slightly above average player right now. And do you find a way to just kind of have him maybe split DH left field? Maybe he, uh, he gets into a, a miniature platoon as the, uh, as the season goes on. I mean, I don't, I don't think so, but it's, it's possible. Like there's a, there's a chance for upgrade there. And and even though he's doing done quite, quite a bit better as he's been leading off. So uh, I'm not, I, I'm not going to pretend like there's an obvious roadmap. There is not, but they will, you know, the, the bottom line is this offense as a unit isn't good enough to pro- to win a win in the postseason, uh, so so they're gonna have to they're gonna have to find ways have make tough decisions and uh, and just for short term fixes find uh, find guys who can jump in and uh, and spark some things. And to your point about third base, you can almost reassign Luis Urias to that. One day he's at third, one day he's at shortstop, one day he's at second, one day he's pinch running, one day he's not playing at all. Role which. When when he did that previously, he was pretty good. So I mentioned center field. I think you're right. Third base is clearly a spot where if you br- bring in a big bat who can play third, there's still very much a role for Luis Urias on this team. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think if they had their druthers, Luis Urias is still their third baseman, and Jace Peterson is a platoon slash coming off the bench kind of guy. Colton Wong is your second baseman. And Colton Wong has been fine. I, I, I've got nothing bad to say about the guy. I think he's, you know, he's he's starting in the playoffs if the Milwaukee Brewers get that far for sure. But uh, but this hasn't been as good a year as it was last year. You know, he's getting up there. He's probably not a guy that's going to be, he's probably going to be batting in the bottom third of the order. So it, it's it's not necessarily, 
you know, I would say, like, like I said with Rowdy, it's not cemented necessarily the way that it would be. And, and Arias as kind of a super utility man would uh, would still would still make sense to me. You know, I, I don't know. It's not like there are just guys at these positions that are just, you know, like center field is the obvious one. There's not, it's not like there's a center fielder who's just openly available. They're going to have to get creative. That's what David Stearns does best is get creative. So uh, I whatever solution in his mind is probably not the solution right now that's in everybody else's mind. Uh, it's going to be something that we probably don't see coming, I have to think. I also I've I've kind of adjusted something in the last week on my line of thinking. Like up until this past week, it's been okay. Once the team gets healthy, this 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 and this can happen. Well, they haven't been healthy all season long. There's been like three games where their core has all been together. Hunter Renfro goes on the injured list on on Sunday. Uh, you still are going to be without Freddie Peralta for at least another month or so. Yeah, they're getting healthier with Woodruff coming back and Wong coming back, but it's just been it's been a constant turnstile of guys going on the injured list. And you look around Major League Baseball, it's been the exact same thing. The Brewers are not alone in this. I've almost I'm at the point now where I'm not saying well when they get healthy they can do this. It's more for me. They got to figure out how how they're going to win games, knowing that they're not going to be healthy for the whole year. That absolutely true. And and I mean, they might be healthy at the end of the year. You know, the best teams the Brewers have had in the postseason have been have been healthy. That 2018 team was was in really good shape. And uh, you know, they didn't have an all star pitching staff, but they they had all you know pretty much everybody at their disposal. That's that's rare. It's something that you can't predict, and it's something that could very well happen to this team, or it could get worse for this team by by the postseason. I think um, it's been, it, it, I, I don't want to say shocking, but like their pitching hasn't necessarily weathered the the losses that they've had, and and you know you kind of go in thinking, well, they got six six studs, they can afford to lose one or two of them. They did lose one or two of them, and then you know they're they're there are guys after him. Jason Alexander has has done a very admirable job. Uh, even though he's kind of walking a tightrope every time he's out there, putting a ton of guys on, but uh, but getting through innings, making those big pitches, you know, guys like Chichi Gonzalez who worked Sunday. I mean, th- they're doing what they can. I-, I don't think they're necessarily underperforming. They're just not. You know, they're they're just barely keeping it together so that the Brewers can maybe uh, do enough to score. You know, score just enough runs. Uh, Sunday's a bad example because of course they scored ten runs, but uh, there 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 isn't. I, I think when we say depth, it's just never as good as we yeah. really want it to be. Like it's just, it's just not. No baseball team has all-star depth, obviously. So, uh, so that's always going to be uh, tested when you lose even just one or two guys. Uh, I, I guess, like as I look at the offense, let's say everybody's healthy. I mean, does that offense still scare people? No. Like if everybody's healthy. It's still an average offense, right? Like, I mean, Hunter Renfro has, has been really good, given some pop. You know, Hunter Renfro is not a cleanup hitter for one of the best team best teams in the post in a postseason. You know, Rowdy Telez, same way. Like, those are all guys that you'd love to have. It's just there's still no difference maker in that lineup offensively. Maybe you say Willie Adamas if you sort of ignore the overall stats and just kind of <laughs> anecdotally think of how he's been, which which I feel like has been really. Uh, you know, really uh, kind of settled everything down and, and been a pretty clutch guy and, and pretty good to have up there. But there's, they, they need it. They need a difference maker. I don't know if they can get them at the trade deadline, a difference maker, but whether or not they're healthy, they absolutely have to have that. So Jeff Passan the other day tweeted out basically a list of guys who are out right now, whether they're on the injured list or just not playing. Like Manny Machado's not playing, but he's not on the injured list. Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, yeah. Jacob deGrom, Fernando Tatis Jr., Max Scherzer, Salvador Perez, Ozzy Albies, Walker Buehler, Chris Sale, Steven Strasburg. You've got an all-star team basically on the injured list right now. 
Mm-hmm. We do this every year, though. We t- we do this song and dance every year. We're like, oh, injuries are so much worse than they've ever been. And you know what? That might even be demonstrably true. I don't know, but it, it, it's it's always like this. I, and then you get to the postseason, and guys like Randy Arozarena emerge from nowhere yeah. and and steal the show. Like, unfortunately, and that, there's an aspect of luck to that. There's an aspect of player development to that. You know, certainly the Rays are a good example of that. They're they're constantly, you know, Chad McClanahan is a guy that I'm thinking even last year most people had never heard of. He's he's phenomenal. Uh, they have the ability to sort of develop guys. You know. In their system, use that depth, and they can they can be difference makers. You got to have those guys. I don't think the Brewers do, but but some it's hard to predict. It's hard to know. You know, like maybe Ethan Small is a lethal like bullpen option by the postseason. You you don't know how those things shake out. So um, every every team loses people. It's it's true that maybe the team that whose stars stay healthy are the teams that are certainly most positioned to do well in the postseason, but it doesn't always necessarily work out that way. I mean, the Braves won the World Series last year without Ronald Acuna, who might very well be their best player. So these things are just uh, they're natural, they're normal. The Brewers have just got to sort of, I, I I think it's I think weather the storm and like maybe hope to get on a run is 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 fair. I, I like I, I still maintain that they need they need an impact bat to do that, but uh, sometimes that's just how it goes. So we're 12 and a half minutes in this conversation, JR, and we're talking about a team that's alone in first place, and it's really been kind of a negative conversation, and that's (laughs) been the way it's been all year long. Yeah, maybe, but is that because of the high expectations that have been placed upon this team? Is it because uh, they they play in a bad division? Like I I don't know what the answer is, but this is is my seventh year covering the Brewers, and this is the year more than any other year that – the narrative and their place in the standings have not gone along with each other. It's the first year, and I think we talked about this the last time I was on, the first year really that the Brewers have had expectations this high ever, ever. You know, even in 1982, they were not necessarily expected to run away with the American League Central. And for half the year, they were actually struggling, I would say, pretty bad. They were hovering around 500, you know, 2018 to 2011 team. Those teams were thought to be good, but no one thought that team was a runaway pick to win the division. This is the first time the Brewers have come into the season as the odds on favorite to win the National League Central, just as the White Sox, third place White Sox were in the American League Central. So uh, you can you can see where those project projections get you. But, um, you know, there might have been somebody that who picked them in 20, 2018 or 2011, but, but they were not this clear cut. You throw in the expanded postseason, the Brewers really shouldn't if you're looking at the beginning of the season, you would say they shouldn't even be threatened. They shouldn't even be in a dogfight. They should be absolutely, if they're not running away with the central, they should easily be in one of those last three playoff spots. And you know what? Right now they're not, they're, they're, they're fine. They're comfortable. They're in the playoff spot. They're in first place, but, uh, but they're certainly not running away with anything. And, and I would also say though, that there were times in 2011 where it wasn't clear they were going to the postseason, And then they got so white hot in late July and August, they made it a non-factor by the time they got to September, certainly in 2018 and 2019, they went on magnificent runs in September. It was not clear that those teams were going to the playoffs until they turned a corner. So it's still highly possible that this team does turn a corner and find whatever they're lacking on offense. Uh, just as like the 2018 team found some, some bright spots in the pitching staff when they didn't have a lot of, you know, go-to guys, uh, who could who could deliver for them, and then suddenly like Yoli Shasin and Wade Miley, you know, Gio Gonzalez became uh, became indispensable. <laughs> yeah. So so those things happen, and 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 maybe that is still coming for this Brewers team, and and maybe they just scratch and claw their way through the season and still make the playoffs. They still should make the playoffs. There are there are six teams in the National League that are going to make it. This team should absolutely be one of the best six teams. So yeah, you're, we're splitting hairs, and or that's probably the wrong terminology, but 
it's it's unfair to be down on a team that is in fact in first place and has somewhat fulfilled expectations, but they, they were just sky high coming into this year. They, they this was this wasn't thought to be difficult to get to the postseason. You know that's a that's a fool's errand, of course. Uh, you know that happens all the time that uh, baseball teams come into the year with high expectations. There was a Dodgers team, Red Sox team, not that long ago, same thing, uh, and they uh, they had to fight for everything they got. So so that's just uh, that's just baseball, and bring, you know bring them back down to earth a little bit. But uh, but uh, but yeah, the, the the Brewers maybe maybe the opti- the the rush of optimism is still to come on a run through July or August or September. There is some value in needing to win games in September. We saw that in 2018. We saw the inverse of that last year when they had the big lead and they kind of puttered away down. It almost felt like last year after you know after the the years of um, you know. What, what do we call it, Craig Tober? Uh, when when you know for for yeah, the way, Craig Timber, yeah, Craig Timber. That's what I mean. Yeah, after after that, it almost felt uncomfortable last year watching them with the with the big lead in September. So I think, okay, all things being equal, you'd like to have a big lead going into the month, but there is some value in not having the big lead. Yeah, I mean, I always feel like that's a little overblown and, and a little bit more perception than reality. But uh, but I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I guess you'd have to ask the players that for sure. Um, yeah, certainly, uh, certainly 20, uh, 2018 is a great example that team, you know, just like it wasn't clear until the last games of the season that they were even going to have a chance to win the central. Uh, and then they get into that one game playoff and coast all the way. I mean, they, they close the season with a, you know, a 12 game winning streak into that game two of the NLCS. Like that's, that's about as hot as it gets at the right time of year, uh, peaking at the right time, I guess you could say. So, uh, so I, yeah, I, I guess it depends on how much you, you believe in that sort of thing, you know, I still think teams that are white hot can go into the playoffs and just fall apart. Mm-hmm. Teams that are, are scuffling a little bit can get to the playoffs and, and finally turn a corner and figure things out because playoff baseball is a little bit different. So, um, yeah, I'm not a huge necessarily believer in, in the late season momentum, but certainly if you look at the Brewers, there's some there's some correlation, there's some track record there. And yeah, last season when the Cardinals got white hot and the Brewers, you know, just couldn't quite clinch the division, it, it does feel like they were stuck in neutral a little bit. And then that was borne out against the Braves when they just couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't piece together a bunch of runs. But, the, you know, to your point, and we did a lot of this on last year in the playoff, right? Like there's, there's literally no correlation between how you finish the season and how you do in the playoffs. It's a, it is a 50-50 sort of thing, and there's a ton of data to back that up. So if you think that the Brewers had a bad postseason run last year because of how they finished uh, the, the regular season, you had a 50% chance of being right and a 50% chance of being wrong. There's just, there is zero correlation between the two, and bringing up the Cardinals is a good good thing because they they finished strong and they didn't really do much in the postseason so they you had the hot team and the not so hot team both going in the postseason from the division and neither did a thing sure i mean the the cardinals ran into the dodgers and almost beat them you know it took a dramatic win for los angeles to get through that so that was just the nature of where they were they weren't able to catch the brewers so uh yeah and i mean i think this brewers team could be really good in the postseason for this reason i think the pitchers they have work really well in short spurts you know like if you if you made adrian hauser who has not had the year he wanted but as a as a right-handed sinker ball pitcher if you give him two innings a crack I think he's pretty lethal. If you give Aaron Ashby two to three inning stretches, I think he's like basically Andrew Miller, you know, like he's really, really good in those short uh, extended, but short, you know, short spurts as opposed to starts. I mean, he's, he's fine as a starter and I'm sure that's how the Brewers want him, but 
I think those those guys could be really good. I think Freddie Peralta will be coming in, you know, coming off that injury. If he is able to pitch, he'll be he'll be used in a multi-inning relief role, I have to think. Yeah. Now that's a lot of dudes who can really get it done in short spurts. And and you know, like you're gonna have to have somebody starting games. So uh, I don't quite know how that how that puzzle comes together, but like the Brewers do have, you know, they have Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and you know, maybe a third guy too. Like I I think they could figure that out. Um, I think they would be built to be pretty dang good in playoff baseball, but they still need somebody who can, you know, who can drive and run, somebody you can rely on in the in the big spot. And, you know, I just I I just don't know. I don't know if I think that this team has that obviously willing to be wrong. You never know. You never know who's going to hop up and become that star in the in the postseason and on the October lights, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see. Uh, JR, always appreciate the time. I encourage people to uh, to follow along with you on Twitter and at jsonline.com. You never know what you might uh, – I always say this to you when I have you on. Like the, the encyclopedic knowledge that you have of Wisconsin sports and the things that you are able to recall and then the stuff you find, it's always fun. There's very few people that probably teach me more about Wisconsin sports than, uh, than you, and I always enjoy seeing the stuff uh, that you put out there. And you occasionally uh, get to put on the beat right or a hat and uh, you know especially if there's some maybe tough travel situations for Todd or Kurt all of a sudden there you are uh, as the uh, as the Brewers beat guy so uh, you're doing a lot of things yeah I appreciate you saying that it's true I've gotten to cover a couple games this year and uh, obviously the uh, the trending stuff is kind of where uh, where I live most of the time and and it's awesome to wake up and not necessarily know what you're going to write about that day but something goes down something pops up in your head or or on the internet you know that's always uh, that's that's where I come in so I have a lot of fun do this podcast the Brewers podcast uh, that that pops up on Monday mornings in your in your feeds call it Micro Brew we got a new logo and a new name mm. but it's the Journal Sentinel Brewers podcast do the Bucks podcast as well uh, have a, have a lot of fun this is uh, this is this is great <laughs> I love my job man it's so great so uh so thanks for thanks for having me on i and appreciate it you've got todd rosiak on the uh on the podcast this week right that's right todd rosiak will be there on uh, on this week's edition of microbrew so you can brew so you can catch that on uh on monday morning all right very good thanks jr absolutely see you later jr radcliffe joining us here on brewers extra innings the podcast powered by wtmj mobile so i'm going to um uh let you take a look maybe a listen behind the curtain can you listen behind a curtain eh. uh way the way you are hearing me right now the the high quality audio that you are hearing right now generally when i'm doing the conversations like you just heard we heard, we had that conversation on zoom generally when those conversations are taking place the person i am talking to is hearing what you are hearing right now i am wearing headsets with a good microphone well I did not check the default microphone setting, or not the default, but I did not check the uh, the microphone input setting when I went to do that conversation with JR, and uh, later on, I realized that the microphone that I was going into that was feeding to JR is the microphone that is connected to my webcam. My webcam, when I'm not using it for Zoom or Teams calls or anything like that, I don't want to just like pointing at me, so I put it down on my desk and I point it away from everything. So it's like it's a good like five feet, maybe a little bit more than that, away from me, especially when I lean back in my chair. So Jr. while doing that interview, got a very hollow, distant sounding Matt Pauley, and you would have never known. 
He answered every question. He was good to go. When I realized it, I sent him a, a message apologizing, and he said, no big deal. He was able to understand me. Good on JR. And uh, thankfully, I do not only rely on the Zoom recording for this podcast, or you would have been hearing absolutely horrible audio from me and good audio from JR, but I record it locally as I'm doing it, and it worked out well. So, But yeah, JR had to just listen to very hollow-sounding Matt Pauley during that conversation, and he never said a word. He just rolled with it like it was no big deal. And we have done these conversations many times, so he knows what it should sound like, but he did not question it. He just moved forward. So there you go. That's some of the things that happen sometimes uh, behind the curtain wall doing the podcast. All right, so the Brewers uh, this week, the schedule looks like this. They are headed to Tampa for a quick two-game series. They will play at uh, 610 on Tuesday night after an off day on Monday, and then they've got a morning game. It's a noon uh, game in uh, out east, but uh, for, for us in the good old central time zone, it's going to be an 11-10 a.m. start on Wednesday, and uh, excuse me, on Thursday. I got that right? Hold on. Monday, yeah, Tuesday on Wednesday. I had it right the first time. See, I shouldn't, like, check myself. The the day off on Monday and figuring out what day of the week everything is is just uh, is messing with me. Anyway, so uh, they'll play the two-game series in Tampa, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday game, 6-10. Wednesday game, 11-10 in the morning. And then they will head north from there, and they'll head to Pittsburgh for a four-game series, which means we will have nine rain delays over the course of the four days. I hope that doesn't happen. Knocking on wood again uh, for a 605-605-305-1235 starts over the course of those four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All games can be heard on WTMJ. Brewers, extra innings after every game except that morning game on Wednesday. We will not do a post-game show after that. For those of you who are not in Wisconsin, just a reminder for you, you can always listen to Brewers Extra Innings following the game by streaming it at WTMJ.com. The stream does not go live until the network radio broadcast comes to an end if you're not living uh, in Wisconsin. So you might hear podcast versions of WTMJ shows. Just wait. Eventually it will go live. So maybe you listen to the postgame show, the archive version of it on this podcast feed. If you want to be able to interact and, and talk and uh, tweet at me and text at me and do things like that and be part of the program, you can always listen to it live just by heading to WTMJ.com and uh, streaming, uh, streaming the station. It's pretty easy. All right, uh, thanks so much to uh, J.R. Radcliffe for joining us on the podcast. Thanks to you for being tuned in. Look forward to talking to you next week for another edition of Brewers Extra the podcast powered by WTMJ Bowl. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.